We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Outside the blue door, he'll get the flyby. Three on the way, and he rattles it in. SGA defended closely by Westbrook. Tough step back, gets up the shot, bakes it in. This is Udart. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up, and welcome to the Uncontested podcast. We're coming to you live on All Star Sunday night, February 20th. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, the official podcast of SI Thunder. We've got a full house tonight. I'm your host, Jacob Niffen. We've got Nick Crane with me. I can dunk better than some of these guys. But can you do it in Tim's? We've got Taylor uh, Peterson. Yes. <laughs> uh, we started, uh, we jumped on here at like nine. And uh, it's 9.07, and it's still halftime of the NBA All-Star game that apparently started at 7. Yep, that's the All-Star <laughs> game for you. At least we didn't have Fergie sing a 30-minute national anthem. Yeah. We've got Kamiar Moravian with us tonight. Dude, remember when Fergie did sing and everybody was laughing? And by the way, uh, you said we got a full house. Rest in power to Bob Saget. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> And we have the man making the magic happen, J.D. Silva. Bob Saget, you were so young. How old was he? He was in his 50s, actually. He was like 58. I went, I went to go see uh, Nimesh Patel at the OKC Bricktown um, Comedy Club. And a couple weeks later, Saget was supposed to be there doing some stand-up. And they did a memorial kind of like montage video of him mm. prior to for obvious reasons. But yeah. Interesting. Well, let's transition to a, a more lighthearted subject. Before we get the podcast started tonight, I absolutely have to ask you guys because 
It was just, for me, it was comedic Twitter gold today. Uh, if you have not seen yet, uh, Juwan Howard, the head coach of Michigan University, uh, took great offense to a timeout being called whenever his team was down 15 with about 15 seconds left. Some people called it a punch. I think it was more of a slap. Uh, led to uh, a massive altercation that ends in the most appropriate way possible. A Wisconsin strength coach looks at the Michigan bench and does the DX crotch chop uh, as violently as possible. So, gentlemen, I have to know, how old were you when you last did a crotch chop? I don't think I've ever done that. I think I've, I've never done a crotch chop. <laughs> oh, Damn. man. I forget that they're too young, Kamiar. I think I did my last one on my 30th birthday last <laughs> July when I beat somebody in cornhole when I invited everybody over. That is incredible. I probably did my last one whenever I was in about fifth grade and I scored a touchdown on uh, uh, on recess. And I, you know, you bust it out and then you, you like cross over, you do the crossover yeah. crotch chop. I guess I'm the only uncivilized I, one here. I, I guess, I guess, Jacob, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I need a demonstration. Do I need to do it live on the pod? I don't know no, if I'm going to stand up and do it on, God, the, on the YouTube. Don't do it live on the pod. <laughs> uh, or, if Justin were know. here, he would relate with Call Me or Night because we're the old men of the podcast. The rest of you guys get, are all like 24. Might get another YouTube audience if you do it on the live on the pod. That's true. We could, uh, we could bring in a whole new crowd. <laughs> Run those numbers up. All right, gentlemen, we haven't had basketball in a while. <laughs> Marcus Kruger in the chat says last time he did it was about 1993 um, when Juwan Howard got triggered on late game timeouts. It's a it's a, a theme with the Fat Five. Gentlemen, it's been a while since we've had um, Thunder basketball. The last time we watched this team, they were losing a game to the San Antonio Spurs. They do not play again, I believe, until Thursday night against mm-hmm. the Suns. Yep. So we have a ways to go until they play again. But we did see a Thunder player recently, Nick. Josh Giddy takes over Cleveland, Ohio, participates on two of the three nights in All-Star Weekend. Friday night, the, what are we calling it now, the Rising Stars Clorox game. <laughs> and then Saturday the night in the Skittles Challenge. Close enough. Um, did any of you guys watch the Rising Stars stuff? I watched yeah. a little bit of it. All right, so I think it was the best event of the three. So Nick, run run us through what Josh Giddy did Friday night. Josh Giddy shot the ball well, which shocked me. I was expecting him to get just annihilated on Twitter because something I talked about on the post game pod for the Spurs going into All Star Weekend. This is the first time a lot of people have seen Giddy live mm-hmm. ever, ever. Like he, they don't have national TV games. And I was just waiting for, you know, he has these triple doubles and he's getting all this hype and he's going to go into this skills competition and just butcher the shooting portion. And he was the best rookie in that category. I think he was the best rookie in, in almost every category, um, if not the best of, of everybody in the shooting part. So that was shocking. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a mixture of shooting, passing, and then there was ultimately like a, a half court shot that oh, ended up you're talking being... about Saturday night. Am I mixing the two now? I think so. Friday night was like the the games to fifty. Yes, you're right. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm talking Saturday, about Saturday night was the the shoot pass 
obstacle course. I'm I think, starting. I'm starting with the skills because okay. that's the, that's the shooting portion. I thought he was going to get. Um, yeah, yeah. going to get annihilated in. Um, but going going back to the Clorox game, a bunch <laughs> of a bunch of rebounds, a bunch of assists, not a bunch of scoring. Sounds like Josh Giddy. Yeah, didn't um, he finish with like two seven and six, which like did yeah. not surprise me at right. all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was it was entertaining though. Yeah. Um, one rookie that really struggled in that shooting portion on Friday night didn't do well again Saturday night. Uh, Scotty Barnes. Uh, what did he go like? Oh, of six in that shooting competition on Friday night did not look he well. Struggled. <laughs> Taylor, Josh's partner for some of those challenges on Friday night, Evan Mobley, who has just looked really impressive over this weekend and, and the events that he took part in. Uh, ultimately won the the skills challenge for the Cleveland trio. Speaking of the half court shots, yeah, could have been attempt. could have been teammate to Josh Giddy. Oh. Mm-hmm. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. I mean, if we're being honest, if LeBron James is gonna follow Bronny Junior to the NBA and Bronny Junior ends up in an OKC jersey. You know, you could have the guy that that compliments Sam Presti and Josh Giddy. There you go, all in OKC at the same time. Let's That's go true. down that rabbit hole because there was that report oh, today that that <laughs> oh, I forget who it was. Some draft analyst said Bronny was realistically right now like a second round talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So assuming, let's just assume pick thirty one is where he's mocked. How high does he actually go? Knowing that the team could have yep. LeBron James, <laughs> so that's a fun weird. thought experiment. Someone I was taking a, him in the lottery. I was in Owasso on Friday visiting family. Uh, it was my little brother's twenty first is coming up tomorrow, Ooh, nice. uh, so we went down this weekend and, and got to see him. Uh, blew his Achilles and some pickup basketball. Speaking of basketball, so uh, not a very fun twenty first. Oh, that was that but... was a one eighty. Was not, <laughs> not, not a, so, so we just my hung out around the house. Went, my face went from like smiling to sad, <laughs> to, like really oof. fast. Yeah, <laughs> pain. That's right. Um, so me and my dad uh, were, were walking the pups Saturday, I think, and we were talking about NBA and stuff. And that's one thing that he brought up to me. Um, I'm trying to remember how it even got brought up, but. We're talking about the whole Bronny and LeBron dynamic, and that he he presented the same exact question that you brought up, Nick. He was like, "What happens if Bronny isn't even that great?" He's like, "I know he he's like a highly recruited prospect. He's playing well at Sierra Canyon, but like he he's not as highly ranked as some of his peers in that draft class. So what happens if you end up uh you know drafting? It, it, does he go higher than he should? Basically, yeah. Well, my question is, is Bron willing to go to the G League? Oh, is LeBron gonna play in China? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, like, Bronny is you know he like he's good, but that's because like he's been around like all kinds of this training his entire life. But I don't, as of now, of course, like anything can happen as far as like him hitting a huge growth spurt and all that other fantastic stuff that will enable him to become a better prospect. But I mean, I I don't think it's gonna be like a legitimate situation where he makes several, several years of uh, successful NBA play, like the Curry's or um, like whoever else. Uh, oh, what's his face at the magic? Who's the magic right now? Talking about Cole, Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to be like that. Well, I think it's different. Like a lot of people were talking about Zaire Wade and how 
Um, he's only in the G League because of his his dad's Dwayne Wade, but like Zaire Wade was a three star recruit that, that shouldn't have even had three stars. Bronny's actually a big time recruit, so um, I don't think it's a G League or a China situation. I think he'll actually, I think I think he goes. Of Sierra Can right? Didn't yeah. uh, didn't Wade play there as well? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Zaire is playing for the Salt Lake uh, City, whatever. Yeah, God, I can't remember. I saw them opening night of yeah. the G League whenever they played Blue. Stars, uh, yeah, something like that. Holy City Stars. I don't know. I'm not a G League expert, but all that to say, um, very different situation than Zaire. Like Bronny's actually a a, a good He's a player solid prospect. Um, I, I think to answer my own question that I brought up five and a half minutes ago when we started this, <laughs> I think if he's truly like the 31st best player, I think he goes 12th. One of those, one of those middle teams that like just missed the play in, and they're like, "We had LeBron James, we'd be, you know." It's also hey, going to be forty year old LeBron Thunder James, so we'll okay. see like okay. how effective he is. That's okay. only that's that's only like eighteen months away, isn't it? That's something like that. He is. So, I don't know. I don't is know. thirty seven now. I think he's okay. thirty seven. As the host of this no. podcast, I'm going to steer us back <laughs> to Josh Giddy real quick. But well, well, but why not talk about? I mean, because that's the thing. <laughs> oh, the quote. We didn't even get to the quote. Because Nick, so Nick brought up LeBron a great was asked point. about Giddy. Yeah, Nick Great brought up a great point regarding like nobody has seen the OKC Thunder at all really this year. Nobody's tuning into those games. And so you did, especially lately. And so you haven't seen Josh Giddy triple double three times in a row and have the four youngest triple doubles in NBA history already. And so then like he finally put on this national stage. And plus you have LeBron saying like, holy crap, like, like if there's an MVP in OKC, it's Sam Presti for really having an eye for talent for these dudes. Like how do they get all these guys And like the, he mentioned Giddy and of course, uh, he, I think, has the same amount of triple doubles. LeBron, LeBron has the same amount of triple doubles as Josh, and that's not even counting Trey Mann, who I think is going to be pretty good. And we already know what Lewis turned into, and there's already Shea there, so there's a there's a lot lot of opportunity. Um, and I think that got overlooked. Yeah, I think LeBron said some nice stuff about Josh this weekend, and mentioning that you know people haven't got to watch him play. I thought it was awesome that he came out in that skills challenge on Saturday night, playing along with the two rookies. Um, he had Scotty Barnes on his team, who just looks like a massive child. Like that's not an insult. Scotty just looks and acts like a giant twelve-year-old, and it's yep. freaking awesome. Yes. Yep. Uh, and Cade Cunningham, and statistically, Josh performed the best out of all three of them uh, in every category. Shot the ball better than those other two. He passed yep. the ball better than those other two. Um, he completely messed up the obstacle course because he didn't know the rules. Um, but still, he hit those shots at the very beginning. Uh, Taylor had a had a tweet that that went off a little bit about the animatronic windmill being nothing whenever you get guarded by Lou Dort in practice every day. It's always the um, ones you know. So Silva did did Josh do a good job of representing w- what type of player he is at All Star Weekend and maybe turning some eyes towards Oklahoma City and. Kamiar has been on this a while, maybe starting to shift the narrative a little bit about the rookie of the year race. Yes. I think this weekend definitely shifted the narrative a bit for Josh. And he, he put himself into the public eye, uh, starting with the LeBron comments and then with how he performed in all the bits he was in over this weekend and the triple doubles as of late, he's just done a lot for his own stock in the last, in the last week. And it's, it's been awesome to see, um, 
he's a really fun player. He's I've changed my mindset around Josh Giddy over the last few weeks about what his ceiling might be. And uh, I think a lot of people nationally are going to start doing that too. Like I, I think at worst, he's like the third best player. He's going to be the third best player in this, in this draft class. So, Ooh. I like hot. that. Yeah. I like that. Um, call me our before, right before all-star weekend started, Mike Schmitz of ESPN uh, updated his weekly rookie power rankings, mm-hmm. had Josh Giddy up to number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, right behind Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes. Mm-hmm. I, I believe it was those two. Maybe it was Evan Mobley and Cade Cunningham. I can't remember. I think it was Cade. That sounds right, uh, now that I think about it. He also wanted, since it was All-Star Weekend, to comp rookies to either current or past All-Stars. He comped Josh to fellow MBL alum, uh, LaMelo Ball. Hmm. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I mean... I can I can see how you could say that as far as being a ball handler that's a bit bigger, but I don't think Josh Giddy's game is going to be reminiscent at all of Lamelo balls at all, like in any capacity. I think that's a totally wrong comp. Like, do they have great skills and they both come from the NBL, so they're both NBA ready? Yeah, <laughs> and sure. Passes, yeah, but right, and 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 they have and they have wicked passing skills. Yes, one hundred percent. But that's where they really just. That's where the similarities stop, right? I mean, we we were talking about this in the Slack, and I was like, okay, realistically, as a comp for Josh Giddy, what are we thinking? And uh, what, what were some of the names that we we threw out? Kid, yeah, Jason, Jason, Kidd. Jason, Jason Kid was kind of the overwhelming overwhelming one. Um, I thought it was like, uh, maybe Penny Hardaway if he could develop some sort of outside shot and fluidity and focus on his defense a little bit more. Um, but yeah, no, there's there's no way that I would say that they're comparable as far as the types of players and the types of players that they're going to end up being by the end of their career and for their teams. Uh, their roles are going to be different, and so I would disagree. And I think his opinion would probably change after a, lo- a lot of what happened over this weekend over the course of this week. Like a lot of people in the national news, instead of just reading Giddy's stat lines and seeing a four-minute highlight reel, got to see him on full display and i think it's changing a lot of those narratives like i suggested like nobody's been having like you in like you suggested nobody's been having really josh giddy in those mvp conversations meanwhile he's the one that's carrying those teams uh to that three what three straight wins and well he also compiles three straight triple doubles and with a team that cannot shoot at all and it's still mm-hmm. like unbelievable so um, yeah, I think I think this weekend is going to solidify himself at least in the top three temporarily, uh, unless Shea comes back. I doubt it. And but um, ultimately, I think Evan Mobley wins that award. Yeah. yeah, I wish I wish Josh had the uh, I don't care. I'm firing away offensive mentality. Mm-hmm. But they're complete opposites in that front. Lamelo's like I crossed half court. Time to pull up, and Josh mm-hmm. is the opposite. And Lamelo yeah. feels so much more comfortable with the shooting mechanics. I think Josh knows he needs to I fix that. that. Yeah, I, I mean, Josh even admitted if, that he wants to rework his shot right. over the summer. Yeah. I think if Josh just like started letting it fly, um, his rookie of the year candidacy might start yeah. to take a bit. Yeah, of a but time. that's like that's just not his style of game exactly. at all. You know, I'm, which makes everything else so much more impressive. I agree. just like hang out with Shay and Trey, and you'll be good. Yeah, that's see, right. like. I, <laughs> I see Josh not quite at Steven Adams level of like not hunting his own shot. Cause Steven was like 
almost anti shoot the ball in Oklahoma city at times. Yep. Um, but he's, he's in a little bit of that, that realm. And so uh, hopefully he'll, he develops a little more of uh, an offensive attack first type of type of game. It reminds can, me of used uh, Trey man's jumper into Josh Giddy. Holy cow. Oh, you have a, top you, five, have, you have yeah. an all NBA guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that reminds five, me of when Joel Embiid was talking about how he learned how to shoot and he would watch tape of JJ Redick. And Kobe. Like, he, yes. And Kobe's like, because those guys, like those white guys know how to shoot. Yeah. That was his reasoning behind yep. it. He, he said he watched a ton of JJ Redick film. Uh, didn't he also just say he'd watch random white guys playing like pickup basketball just to yeah, that watch too. the floor. Yeah. He said JJ Redick like and like Larry Bird. Yeah, stuff like it. that. That's hilarious. I love Joel. <laughs> Man, we we haven't really talked about it, but Joel's tweet after the Ben Simmons trade. <laughs> and then he went to the press and said, I thought it was just a nicely dressed man is maybe troll of the year in the NBA. Just uh, peak, peak Joel and just as good off the court as on. Yeah, I mean, like, Joel at Kansas, and you told the story before, at Kansas, he convinced his teammates he had to, like, hunt down lions for food. (laughs) And they believed him until he was like, no, I was just messing with you the entire (laughs) time. And and so, like, he's just a clown. Love him. He's an animal. Protect Joel at all costs. I bet Joel would do the DX crotch chop. 100%. 100%. Yes. He's a guy that I went on like NBA on TNT in like 20 years. Oh my God. That'd be <laughs> he, gold. He replaces Shaq. <laughs> yeah. All right. So gentlemen, um, since we're, it, it's not the halfway point of the season. We're more like two thirds of the way through the season, but at the all-star break, whenever we get a full week without basketball, um, I thought this was a good time for us to be a little reflective, go back and look at the season so far um, some things we've noticed, um, some trends that have developed. Uh, so, Nick, I'm going to start with you on this one. What's been your biggest surprise so far this season? Um, how up and down individual production has been. Like with a young team, it's expected. I didn't expect how low the valleys were and how high the peaks were, especially with guys like Pokashevsky who. And Darius Baisley as well, where at points in the season look like they have no place in the NBA. And at other points in the season, you're like, man, like they could be a really, really solid piece on a contender someday. Um, I expected it to be, if I could draw it visually, more of like a an up and down wave, but it's been more of like a, like this motion here. So I think that's been most surprising. I think it was expected, like I said, to have those ups and downs, but I didn't expect it to be this drastic. Taylor, what's been most surprising to you this season so far? Ooh, so I'm torn on this one, um, but I'm pretty sure at least one of you all next will will touch on the Thunder rookies. So I'm going to go ahead and go with the Thunder defense. The fact that the Thunder have, I mean, obviously we we knew their offense was going to be awful. <laughs> it's it's almost historically awful, um, but their defense has been pretty phenomenal. I want to shout out uh, Mark uh, Schindler of Basketball News had a really good article about this. Be sure oh to, yeah, to I read that, that last night. Very good just like some some wild stats the thunder have allowed 90.7 points per 100 possessions in the half court since the turn of the year 2022 um he references the jazz uh who had the uh the best half court defense efficiency last season uh, allowing 91.3 um the thunder lead the nba in, in uh 
contests per game according to Second Spectrum uh, at the Rim, which is pretty impressive. We talked a lot about Giddy having a big, or uh, not Giddy, uh, Baisley having a big play in that. There's just mm-hmm. some really fun stats that he has in that article. But overall, hey Taylor, been, not to cut you off, but just real quick, that stat that the Thunder contest the most shots uh, in the NBA, especially at the Rim. When I read that, um, I kind of went to like. I don't know, trying to connect dots in my yep. brain. And it just, uh, my Chet Holmgren uh, beeper in my brain yes. just started going off. Okay, so I've been like getting warmer and warmer on Chet over the past like two weeks. I'm with Don't you. Have Mercy, I'm about to bust. <laughs> He's been really, really good. But the, but the, the, thing about the shot test really sent a buzzer off in my head. They allow the second fewest attempts at the rim in 2022 uh, while holding opponents to 62.6% shooting at the rim over the same span, which is fifth in the league. Just some crazy, crazy stats there. Um, I thought about Chet as well, especially if you can also find a way to draft, like if you can get two draft picks uh, and trade up maybe for that second draft pick in in the first round and uh, potentially end up with like a Duran or somebody like there's just a lot of fun opportunities there. All that being said, I think a lot of that goes back to Jacob, you and I had a really good a really good conversation about this here last week on one of the post games about the Thunder culture, Mark Dagnall and these players buying in to what uh, the Thunder are trying to put into place in terms of culture and um, and what they're trying to build long term. And I think the defense is a perfect example of that. I love that. Kamir, what's been the most disappointing thing from the season so far? Oh, the most disappointing thing. The amount of games the Thunder have won. Uh, is that so far? Is that an option? <laughs> that if that's is fair. If, if that's not an option, I would say the most disappointing thing so far this season. Um, man, that's a great question. It's kind of I mean, hard to find I mean, disappointments. You can't really, you can't, yeah, you when can't you don't really, have expectations. You can't really find disappointments. Like the teams like exceed the like, expectations. Like, for example... I would be very, very disappointed um, in in Baisley, but as we've seen over the last, like, however many... Like two, three weeks? He's kind of turned it around. In months. months. Yeah. But it's it's not True. just that. Like, again, like, like Nick just said, with young teams, uh, you see peaks and valleys, and we were talking about this before the team even really started this tank, right? And there's going to be peaks, there's going to be valleys, you're going to go on a couple of win streaks maybe, you're going to go on some long lose streaks, and you get might get you know the record for the worst loss in NBA history. And same thing for the players. I mean, Bays, again, really young. This is a year where it's like, hey, figure it out, or you might have some trouble down the line. And so he's certainly had some peaks and, and valleys, and but you know what he can be because he's flashed so much more this year than any like than last year than of course than his first year, and so he has he he has flashed so much, and it shows you what he's got. But that's not a disappointment because I mean, again, this team is a very low ceiling, so there's not much to be disappointed about. I feel like other than just being upset that OKC won three games in a row. I'm disappointed about that because I'm trying to get higher picks and not pick seven. Silva, do you have a biggest disappointment of the year? Uh, It's really funny. In my notes, I had that they don't suck more. Uh, So (laughs) same as Kamiar. But again, you can't really be disappointed with that. Um, I just hope it doesn't lead to the sixth overall pick again. Yeah. Um, I think if I had to choose one disappointment, it would probably be... um, Shea's three-point shooting 
this year mm-hmm. uh, after shooting That's like forty one percent last year. The efficiency has has really plummeted. I think we expected a dip in efficiency just because last year was like uber efficient. Um, but but that's probably where I would go. So some interesting things for the Thunder this season. Uh, this first one's maybe not interesting. I think we probably all expected it, but to really for it to bear out in the stats is fascinating. OKC ranks dead last in the league in points per game, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, assists, and offensive rating. Passing the eye test. That was incredibly loud. Uh, and yes, definitely passing the eye test. <laughs> Um, Nick, if you want to yell at us again, what, what is the, like, is this something long-term that the Thunder should be worried about? Or is this just a product of young guys on the team? Um, it's a product of young guys on the team. You sound good again, by the way, you're back to normal. That was I got, weird. Exci- I got really excited. <laughs> um, or I guess sad because it passes the eye test that they're the worst and everything you could be terrible and offensively. Just all that anger and passion. Right. Um, no, they, they've got guys that can shoot they got guys that can score they got guys that can create they got guys that can do a lot of things offensively but when you sprinkle in the youth and lindy waters and etc etc it's it's not going to look good holistically not not concerned long term and one more thing we've seen roster turnover at an all-time high like you look at almost any team across the league and you look at their 2018 roster and there's like zero to four guys remaining. Yeah. So when this team's good again, like we've talked about maybe four at most five guys that are on this roster are going to be on that team. Another reason See, I'm I think it, I think I take below four, but yeah, yeah exactly. that'd point. be a fun over right. under for the season. Yeah. Or for, sorry wow. for the off season. We'll, we'll have to do. Um, if, if this team had, I'm trying to think of the nicest way to ask this. A league average center, are those offensive numbers as bad? The uh, offensive, so I guess that's kind of what like I like. The three going point percentage won't be better. Who, but, who is right. that? Give me an example. Who is average? Um, a league average center, uh, Clint Capella. Like, yeah, okay, no, let's, let's just use an OKC average, example. Let's let's say the the Thunder half Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams, Clint Capella. Um, Capella, like at this shit. Point, I mean, even I like throwing Nerlens Noel or Brady. Mitchell Robinson in there. Yeah. I think those guys are below league average, but they're better than yeah. what the Thunder. So has. guys that can set lob screens threats, and you can lob threats, the ball essentially. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. It could be. It opens up the corners a little bit more. But as you saw, what the rotations were early this year, OKC was not worried about getting shooting on the floor. So those plays would have been very, very difficult as well. But the more you would have had more assists maybe or potential assists but mm-hmm. now that everybody's hurt and you only basically have shooters left they're now with josh giddy running the point now they're actually making some buckets so yeah My i just little- think like this past week watching Derek favors literally like struggled to even catch the basketball much less put it in the hoop exactly um, i don't know how many points that man has left on the table this year um but it's a lot and, you mean and- dollars <laughs> yeah, all the well, above. he's he's gonna eh, he's out his yeah. 10 million he's regardless. Um, he's got the I, was it a player option next year for 10 million? And the yeah. amount of like teams, like you know, I uh, I, I, 
I like a lot of the Dallas guys and also, but I've seen like Golden State, uh, Dallas. There's like a, there was a third team I saw this week, like all clamoring for like Derek Favors to be bought out and like be on their team. It's like it's not the same. Yes, in Philly, that was the other one. That was the other one. I, I've got I've got Mavs fans like DMing me. Do you think yes. Derek Favors is going to be yes. bought out? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if he does, you don't want him. You don't yeah. want him. It's funny. I've told all of them he's six the same foot, thing about Moses Brown. I've yes. told them all he's six foot nine, and, and none of them knew that. They're uh, all like, "Oh my god, he's only six nine. Yeah. <laughs> what would it be a good thing to buy him out and for OKC to look forward I, to more young prospects? I kind of because they so. use him. Sp- they I've use him sparingly. That. They don't barely yeah. use him. Like like Mike Muscala has a very defined role. Other than just making three pointers, like I don't know why the guy's like just now like a machine gun from three, which is wonderful, of course. Uh, but he's like he's a locker room guy as well. But I mean, like what it, at at this point, Favors plays sparingly, and when he does play sparingly, sometimes he plays okay, sometimes he plays well. But for the he most part, good. he's he's below yeah. average. You know, he'll rebound for you and just pass it up the court. His screens are. You know, if it was five years ago, his screens and his play would have been much better. But mm-hmm. I, wouldn't it be better just to honestly buy him out and start Agreed. testing around the market for like well, our, guys? Uh, Jacob and I talked about this uh, on one of the, I think the last post game uh, last week before the All-Star break. But like, to your point, Kamiar, like, doesn't it make more sense? Yeah, buy out Derek Favors. You have another open roster spot. And then bring in like a DJ Wilson who's, who's been playing really well for the the OKC Blue G League team. Bring him up on a two-way and just let him get those minutes. No. I mean, again, that's another Moses Brown situation. I'm not I mean, like clamoring for him to get a roster spot. But I, I'm agreeing with what you're saying. And I think my overall point just with this, this bullet point that Jacob has is that I think points per game, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, assist, yeah. offensive rating, they're all connected. It's yeah. all by design right now, and I am not worried about it long term. With with Derek Derek Favors though, um, with Derek Favors, <laughs> with Derek Favors, the extra year on his deal makes me think he's not a buyout candidate. Yeah, and then there's also oh. the factor of point. extensions when <laughs> no, salary ex- cap floors. No, like I'm thinking more um, when you buy somebody out. There's got to be a team that like wants him. Yeah, like it'd be, I don't know. If, I don't. Like I Derek, think... Derek would have to be willing to be bought out, and I don't know if if he wants to be his. Let's put it nicely this way: his career could be over if he gets bought out and no one picks him up, and like he may be done in the NBA. Yeah, well, and I think the way that works is the Thunder would tell him and give his agency um, free will to go talk to other teams. Hey, go find a place oh, yeah. where you can land, and once you figure it out, come let us know, and we'll do the buyout. Uh, the extra year. I don't think that deters the Thunder. I mean, we just watched them eat $50 million of Kemba Walker over two seasons. But he impacted um, winning or would impact winning. That's, that is true. Uh, Derek is definitely not different. doing that. Like Shea's contract <laughs> kicks in this, this next season. Like it, it does get different. I, I see what yeah. you're saying, Nick. Um, last thing that I want to ask about the season in review so far. Uh, Taylor mentioned it a little bit earlier on, but the Thunder are currently, for the entire season, they're eighth in defensive rating. That's They've crazy. been like a legitimately good defensive team. My question is how? Like we just talked about Derek Favors as like a, a shell of what he used to be. The Thunder started six foot nine, Jeremiah Robinson Earl at center for most of the mm-hmm. season until he was injured. They've been rotating in and starting three rookies 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'd all agree on this podcast that Shea is not a great individual defender. I mean, you have Lou, who's awesome. Um, but besides that, you've got a bunch of kids who are new to the league. Darius Baisley's been really good. But, I mean, eighth in the league in defensive rating is is pretty damn good for a team that's at the bottom of the league in, in all offensive numbers and, and in record. Where does that come from? I think you have some veteran forwards that help out with taking charges down low. I think you have a bunch of energetic guys that are willing to actually chase out to shooters at the perimeter where veterans may just not waste their energy. And then you also have the new NBA rules and how you're able to, you're able to defend somebody on offense because the new Harden rules that really restrict those BS fouls. And so I think that's also really helping the thunder because I mean, Dagnall's biggest thing is defense. I mean, that's how you stay on the court. And so if you are given more free reign as a defender to get up into your, to get up into the ball handler, then you certainly have an advantage there. And they're so they've taken away like that, not necessarily the rip move, but they're taking away a lot of those ticky tack bullcrap fouls that OKC usually would be getting blown out by more, but now they're actually able to defend teams again. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I think that's good. I think the physicality part of it is like how many fouls did Lou Dort average this year in comparison to last year? Yeah. Yeah. He's allowed to be a ton. How many fouls would Josh Giddy actually average this year? Yes. In comparison to last year. I've been impressed with Josh's defense. Like I did not expect him to be very good, but he, 
That's just he's like not a his crazy athlete, basketball IQ. Yeah, he right? knows where to be. He uses his chest. He moves his feet. He keeps his arms back. He's he does good a lot positionally. Of, he's very good yeah. positionally. And I oh. feel like the the philosophy, the defensive philosophy, come here. I think you touched on a little bit, Mark Dagnall, and, and the the culture that they're instilling, and, and the, the kind of the ethos of the team is really built around that defensive shell. And I've said it a lot this year. I feel like Mark has done an incredible job and the buy-in they have from those guys, especially on that end, is very, very high. Not to be a pessimist, I, I do think a lot of those things are are good and I, I do think Dagnalk's been awesome. I also think like playing the level of competition, like making the game yucky, you know, like whenever you, Growing yeah. up as a kid playing basketball, like yeah, they that. muck it up. Yeah, and, and you're playing this crappy team that you should beat by 30, and they them playing crappy makes you play crappy, and it changes your game, and you win by two. And you're like, how do we only beat that team by two? Because you look at a lot of the teams Oklahoma City plays, and it's like their season low in three point percentage. They shot twenty percent, and it's like you're not going to win a game. And and that's maybe a, a part of that could be Oklahoma City's defense, but a lot of it's just like some nights teams just can't shoot. Yeah. Playing down to the competition, for sure. I just, uh, again, I kind of feel like with this question, it's almost like a, like a back in like high school or college. And <laughs> let's be honest, uh, hopefully none of my previous administrators are listening to this, but you, you know, being in a certain groups like a fraternity or a study group, whatever it may be, maybe you get the answers for a certain test uh, uh, beforehand, bef- before the test happens. And the test ends up being like exactly the same as it was like you know two years ago the professor just does the same exact test you have all the answers after reading mark's article that i read earlier like that this kind of feels like that kind of situation um and there are people who who would just you know rattle things off from this article and not credit it um but that's another podcast for another time we do not do that here so i just want to again credit mark's mark's work and just say like some of the things that he mentioned for example um okay so like being able to shrink the floor and what he means by that is like being able to take away open lanes and um, you just, you see the way they, they are all, I, I remember like growing up and, and being coached and talking about like defenses, um, especially like in zone defenses, but the, the Thunder don't do that often, but being connected almost by a string. And I, I, I think that the team defense is what's so, it's so impressive. Even when you're throwing out like Lou Dort, uh, for example, on the, the best defensive player, um, the Thunder just play to their strengths on defense, mm-hmm. regardless, regardless of who's out there. So you throw out a true big rim protector in an upcoming draft or by trade or whatever it may be. Um, I think this this defense just improves tremendously. So the system that they put in place is just the most impressive thing to me. And I think. In, in addition to what you're saying, Taylor, um, it, you're you're finally seeing as a Thunder, as a Thunder fan, uh, prior really, not even really prior to, uh, when OKC got really big and really hot, once Russ and Harden and KD started to really show out, they played a lot of ISO. I think a lot of what we're seeing now with Dagnall, because of all his young guys, you're seeing a lot of team ball on uh, defensively and offensively. And I think they're a cohesive unit instead of uh, my turn, your turn, I'm going to gamble on defense sort of guy so they keep everything in front of them. And so I think it's a culture thing. They're switching. And yeah, yeah. And, and communicating and after every play, they are all up with either the assistant coaches, 
Dignault or uh, Kenny Hustle that they were with their team leaders really just like, Hey, what can we do better this opportunity, et cetera. So that's a good point. Like their, their team communication. Yeah. JRE Wiggins, Kenrich Dort. Yeah. Well, let's transition. We've, we've been looking at the season so far. Let's kind of project a little bit. I figured to close out this episode, um, and with the season only having 24 games left, let's play a game of fact or fiction. So I'm going to give you guys a statement, and you just tell me if that statement is fact or fiction, and then we can kind of debate what what we think and, and, and dive through it a little bit. Silva, I'm going to start with you. Fact or, fact or fiction, the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to hit their preseason over under total. They're going to go over. Um, for reference, their preseason total was 23 and a half. To go over, they need to go 6 and 18 in their last 24. They going over or under? I think they go over. Uh, whenever we were doing our preseason pods, I remember saying that uh, I think they're going to go over. If not by much, I think they're going to end up with 25, 26 wins, something, something in that range. Um, especially with the way this defense has been playing, I don't, I don't see them only getting six more wins. And I also think this kind of ties into a, a future question. I think Shea comes back and affects that a bit. Uh, I think he's going to come back and play really well. And yeah, going over. Interesting. You guys all agree? I was going to say it was contingent Oof. upon Shea. Otherwise, I would have maybe taken the under, but like it's like almost a push for me. I think I would take the over as well, just because to Silva's point, we've seen how the Thunder have played, um, played without him recently heading into the all-star break. What's the rest of their schedule look like? Like that's what I, I, I've been going through. I, I did this a couple days ago and I had it in my head. I did not put it in my notes. I'm checking. I'm mad right I now. didn't. I'm picturing it right now. Oh, Nick, you said that with some conviction. Yeah. I I'm, mean, a, I'm agreeing with Nick. Right Mark now. literally said Lendy waters, Teo Maladone, <laughs> All these guys are going to be in the rotation. Oof. So Oof. these are some of the games OKC has left. I mean, I kind of hope so. They play the Suns, twice. Pacers, the Kings, uh, Nugs, Wolves, Jazz, Bucks, Wolves, Grizz, Hornets, Spurs, Heat, Celtics, Magic, Celtics, Magic, Nugs, Blazers, Hawks. That's a good point. It's really like the basically the Blazers and the Pistons. Pistons, Suns, Blazers, Jazz, Blazers, Eclipse. So, yeah, you know, I actually that there are more than six winnable games there for just them, like as they're currently constructed as hurt, right? And that's not including all the guys that will come off injury. Imagine being a contender. And you're like pretty set at where you're at. Um, it's wild. In the West, you're that playing the Thunder, and you set your yeah, you set your main guys. Oof. It's uh, they have to go six and eighteen to hit the over, in their last twenty four games, they've gone six and eighteen. Oh, that's a good stat. Yeah, I'm pivoting after after looking at the schedule. I'm going. I'm going back. I'm going to fic, to fact. Yeah, there's okay. more than there's more than enough teams that they can beat there. Nick. Fact or fiction, Lou Dort will have a new contract in place with OKC before the season is over. For reference, he is eligible to sign an extension with OKC starting like late March. Uh, The biggest extension he can sign before the summer gets here 
is the Dorian Finney-Smith extension, which is like four years, 56-ish million dollars. Um, other than that, he'll either hit restricted free agency this summer or unrestricted free agency in 2023. So fact or fiction, Lou Dort will sign that four-year, $56 million extension before the season is over. That's super hard. I love the fact said. that he chose. I love the fact that he chose Nick on this one yes. because that was, that was intentional. Um, <laughs> I'll answer it two ways. He's worth cheater. The, he's worth the Dorian Finney-Smith contract. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that answer. What's the other one? I don't think he. I don't think. I, I just don't know if it makes sense to do it right now. Or to sign him to like a Michael Bridges contract. I mean, you when you per- say you, you don't you, think it's worth it right now, do you mean, do you mean the timing of it for the Thunder? Or I didn't say I didn't Luke? say worth it. I just oh. I don't know if it's. I mean, you don't like them not doing it between now and the end of the year is not like oh my yeah. god they're not going to resign Lou Dort. Like I just mm-hmm. I, I just don't know if it's a priority right now. I yeah, mean, yeah. I'm sure it's hey, being uh, talked about, but I don't I just don't know if it's like we've got to sign Lou by the end of this year. Yeah, the timing of it is what you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it's going to happen. I just don't know if like. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they can't go to the summer and still get that deal. Right, and that, that's the so question. Probably get the, more. the question is, they're going to do it this season, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I just don't know if it makes sense to, like, why rush it, you know? Nick, Nick, what's your, what's your threshold on extending Ludor, like, on dollar amount per year? What's your threshold to where you're saying, no deal, this guy needs to hit free agency? I've said, oh, not hit free agency. I in terms of like an unrestricted, there's no way you let him just go like walk. Right. But, but I, I've, I've set the bar at um, Gary Trent jr. Ooh, that's, that's actually a good one. That's, I wouldn't pay him. It's a penny more. What's what did con- Gary get? Four, eight. I think Gary got a solid contract. I think it was four, four seventy five. I think it was like 16 okay. and a half a year or something like okay. that. 18 and a half actually, a year. I like that a lot. I'm down, I'm, I'm down for that. I'm down to clown for that. Yeah, I'd actually even go over that because I think that contract is still tradable. Three years, 51. Especially with the cap. 51.8 million, 52 Mm -hmm. million, basically. Interesting. All right. Uh, Taylor, you get the next one. Fact or fiction, Shea Gilgis-Alexander will play in at least 15 of the final 24 games. I hate this one. (laughs) Because, I, I, for example, um, you have an Instagram post today from Shea saying like, you know, I don't even remember what it said. Basically alluding to him coming back soon. Shea wants to play. So how does the franchise balance that? Um, if I was going off last season, I would say no. But I just, I don't know. I, I, I For whatever reason, I have this feeling within me that I, I think that he will play over that. I mean, I'll say, uh, sorry, I guess it's, it's fact or fiction. So I'll say fact. I think he will play at least 15 um, I think that 15 number is pretty spot on. They'll they'll find some some rest nights, some some second nights of a back to back. But um, I do think Shea's going to play just because, unless he has like an awful injury, which we do not want. I I don't know how you just sit him. That's I don't. Why, that's why he's out right now, Taylor. Yeah. Well, hmm. call me. Are you taking? Are you going fiction on this one? He's not going to play at least 15. This man's not playing 15 in the next 24 games. Sam Presti's not going <laughs> to let this man play 15 of the last 24 games. He's trying to get those lottery balls. Uh, there's there's no way he plays that many games. I, I think he might come back, right? But I feel like, oh, 
he's he'll play like a game here i'm not playing back to backs uh not playing he, he like he'll have a night of rest after a game played i i don't think there's any way he plays the majority of those remaining 24 games what's that like six eighths so three fourths of those games something like that i don't know uh i'm bad at math yeah uh five five eights yeah i don't think he, i don't think he plays more than half of those games yeah i, like I think much? half is a good number i think 12 of the 24 is a good number Interesting. We, we will see what they plan. We should hear something on Shea soon. He was supposed to be reevaluated at All-Star break. We are at, All- at All-Star break. They're going to give the guys the next day or two to get back into town before they uh, have practice and start getting ready to go. So we should get an update um, relatively soon over the next couple of days. It's going to be interesting to see what that update is. Um, call me, are you got the next one? Sweet. Fact or fiction? Mike Muscala will not play again this season. That's fiction. Mike's gonna Mike Michael see some action on the court. I mean, he's he's always ready to go. Uh, Presty knows how important this team is to him. Oddly enough, which is pretty interesting, um, and he's there to mentor players, especially when they have. Now you finally are getting to see Vic Crutchy on the floor, uh, and I think that he is another vet presence, just like uh, Kenny Hustle. That. You're going to be able to plug in there and he can help kind of command the floor a little bit, especially if Lou's out and Shay's out and Giddy's like not on the floor. I feel like you'll see Mike at least one more time. I mean, like, I don't, I don't think you're, he's only going to play one more game, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't think he would play another game this season. That's fair. Nick, you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's accurate. It's there. There's a lot of things that, will affect the outcome of this season. I think those little things are, are what ultimately the, the Thunder think about right now. Yeah. I This fact that they planted the the ankle needs surgery <laughs> right. seed so early makes me question that one a little bit. That's why I yeah. threw it oh, in there. That's but true. That's a good point. It's an interesting one. Silva, fact or fiction, the Thunder will end the season fourth in the reverse standings where they're currently at. Oh, fact. I feel feel pretty confident in that, mainly due to a lack of faith in Houston winning any basketball games. I, I just don't. <laughs> I don't like a lot of their young talent. I don't, I don't think a lot of their veterans are are contributing to winning. Uh, I think they're just kind of a mess. Uh, if they, if they were any better, I think they could maybe close the gap and we could the Thunder could tie for the third best odds at best. Uh, but I think they're getting stuck with the fourth best odds. Which were they? Did they have the fourth best odds last season? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. Doomed for the fourth. Are you not worried about them going in the opposite direction, the wrong direction? I, no, no. I have, I think uh, Tyrese Halliburton's been playing really well. I think he's going to keep playing really well. They'll figure some things out there. Buddy, he'll make some shots for the love of God. Uh, no, they're not going to slide back to fifth. I think Indiana is the only team you really got to be afraid of. Agreed. Yes. At this point, um, pulling up Tankathon right now to check that. Uh, Thunder currently have a one-game lead on Indiana, Ooh, and then it's like a three-game lead on Sacramento, up. who made win-now trades, um, and it's a four-and-a-half lead on New Orleans with twenty-four games left. Like, I think those one, I think those head-on-head matchups with Indiana are going to matter. Uh, that that other one's going to matter, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Indiana has these matchups. Yeah. Indiana just has more talent than OKC just naturally. I mean, at, at, before the trade, after the trade, they still have more talent than OKC has available to them. So they should win those games, right? 
uh, in theory, but we also didn't expect OKC to reel off three straight wins. That mm. makes this conversation a little bit more difficult, right? Yeah. And yep. so it's it's just 100%. so it's 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 it. I don't expect them to go higher than fourth. I expect them to be in fourth again, and hopefully OKC gets a better draw this this time. Yeah, I have optimism for Indiana staying in that fifth spot because they have, according to Tankathon, the easiest remaining schedule. That's good. I'd feel better if Indiana had Miles Turner healthy. Yeah. But yeah, call me. I feel I, I say this a lot that the other team has a lot more talent than the Thunder, but then we watch them go win in Madison Square Garden with Teo freaking Maladone and Vic yes. Krejci playing rotation <laughs> minutes. Yeah, how did, how did you guys and how did you guys feel about yeah. that trade? Because for that that Indiana trade, I thought Indiana won that trade just by getting Tyrese Halliburton. And I thought the Kings, I mean, yeah, you got Sabonis, but I mean, you have Sabonis and Fox. I, I, I really did not like that trade for Indiana. I was like, if anything, you need to get off of Miles Turner, but I don't think they had probably many trade chips for him. But I kind of didn't like that trade for either. Yeah, um, I, I but hated the fact that, that they were able to get Tyrese... Like, yeah, that, that's what I I'm saying. It. I was like, why are you giving up Tyrese Halliburton exactly. for a guy that, that doesn't really matter? That's match the one line? reason that's like, okay, like, makes sense. You guys I'll, know how much I love Tyrese. But, yeah. so. but, but good for Indiana for getting Tyrese. I mean, right. their fans exactly. are going to love him. That's the only, he's, he's awesome. only reason you make that trade. I agree. Like, that was the, that was the, like, that was the dude for the Kings. I mean, of course, you have De'Aaron yeah. Fox. But Halliburton <laughs> was the guy you were really excited about. And Halliburton then was he, the one that came out publicly yeah. and said, I want to be the one in Sacramento to turn this around. And you he had like a goodbye letter on the Players saying, Tribune saying, I like, want I to be in the, with the Kings. Yeah, that's the that's the Kings organization. Nobody wants to be with the Kings. Kings like are going to. But hey, good for good for Buddy Heald finally getting out of Sacktown. Exactly. Boomer. Yeah. Gosh. Nick, fact or fiction. OKC will cut a player and sign a new player before the season's done. It'd have to be favors. I think it's the only one that makes sense. And I've and given bring my... on over me. Really? Oh God. I mean, I think you could, there's a handful of cut candidates. I don't know Dude. if they do them, but who Roby. I mean, shit, cut, cut tail. Mello. Oh God. Stepped off 50, 16, three points. That, that ain't happening. That ain't happening. Um, I really do think the only the only cut Veet. Veet. dude. If they're not gonna cut, dude, if they drafted him thirty seventh overall, they ain't cutting. Yeah, <laughs> if they're not gonna cut last year's turtle, they're not gonna cut. You know anybody on this team right now? And then and then to to take that a step further, who the hell are you gonna replace him with? That's more enticing than who you're cutting, right? I don't know Mijic. if you replace him with something more enticing. I think you'd go give somebody else a. Uh, Gabriel Deck contract just to eat some salary floor money. Hell nah. Those players are going fiction. Finally come over. He'll finally come over because those players are going to be so pissed because if you sign, if you cut and then sign, you're effectively dividing up that. You're dividing up that money even more. Don't do it. Just like just you only have 24 games left. Just run out the season. Yeah, cut cut some guys some checks, man. Taylor, fact or fiction, Josh Giddy will double his triple-double total. He's currently at four. He'll end the season with at least eight. Fact or fiction? Ooh, I'm going, I'm, I'm going fiction on this. I see Kamiar, uh shaking his head. I agree. He's going Ye to. That, that's, a, 
that's a fantastic uh, over under right there because I think he's going to flirt with it. But with with Giddy or sorry with Giddy with uh, Shea coming back, at least we said again, yeah. regardless of what the number of games may be, with him coming back, that I, that's going to affect uh, Giddy's production in terms of traditional stats. So I'm going fiction. I think it'll be closer to six or seven. Yeah, I think Giddy gets a one to two more. I don't think anything more than that. If I he think he's gonna rattle off ten straight. He's already at three. <laughs> if Keep the train double, going, baby. Yeah, it's going way up. And, you know, fourteen you, straight. You got to start to wonder with OKC and triple doubles. Every you know, with Russ when he triple doubled OKC one, Josh Giddy might have to start busting some kneecaps for games if this man keeps on triple doubling. <laughs> I love Josh it. Giddy pulled a hamstring while shopping in New York City. Very Call unfortunate. Call me or you get the next one. Fact or fiction? This may be my favorite one of the night. <laughs> Trey Mann will have the highest scoring game by a Thunder player by the end of the season. Currently, Ooh. the highest scoring game by a Thunder player this season is Shea with 39. We have seen Trey go for 30. Will he have, fact or fiction, Trey will have the highest scoring game of a Thunder player by the end of the year? Nah, tr- Trey's not scoring 40 or more, especially with with... With Shake coming back eventually, and maybe some spot duty, impartial duty. Yeah, I don't think Trey's. I mean, Trey's got the green light. Don't get don't get me wrong, no doubt. But he's not going to drop forty. I mean, he's he's gonna he's gonna hit some step backs. He's gonna have, make some flashy plays. Um, I think he, now. Could, do I think he can drop forty in his career? Yeah, I think he can, especially if he bulks up a little bit more. The, the jumper's obviously there. The separation is there just getting in the gym and working on those exact things that he's already pretty good at and just working on his strength for, to make his defense a lot better. I think he can drop 40 in his career, but I don't, I don't, he's not going to score more than 39, 39 or more. I think, I think he probably scored his his season high already with that 30 piece. Interesting. And if you guys disagree, no, I, I think you're spot on. I agree. I think um, he's going to score 30 a couple times. Yeah, I love, and I love the fact that Josh Giddy calls everybody kid, kid because it, he's the youngest person. He finally yeah. acknowledged it too here. Love after that. that after that next game, Trey um, is going to score forty in the season finale against the Los Angeles Clippers to okay. bump them out of the playoff okay. playing tournament. We'll see, Jacob. Put like, it down. Take it to Vegas. When I talked about his thirty points. This is my fever dream. His thirty point plus game that he had against the Knicks, and like one thing that I brought up to you, Jacob, was like. He basically, after the first however many minutes of the third quarter, sat all the way until like towards the end of the fourth because he had he missed a stinking defensive assignment, so they don't pull them. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that and the culture and stuff, but like if you keep him in during that time, and he cooks, punish him, yeah, right, he could do it. He could do it. Yeah, he's, he's so much a, fun to watch. He's not afraid like that, and that's one thing I love about this crop of rookies for the Thunder. They're they are not afraid to shoot the ball at all, like in any capacity. And you've seen OKC go through the last two shooting guards that felt very uncomfortable with shooting the ball in mm-hmm. Andre Robertson and Terrence Ferguson. And now you've got even Josh Giddy with a busted ass jumper. The man is still like firing away. And so like it. that's that's what you gotta like that's what you gotta admire about this group. Like they're full of confidence despite the fact that they'll get their teeth kicked in one night but be really competitive with a really really good team another night and sometimes leaving real off winning streaks. And so it's just it's almost it's, like it's they're so too dumb to know. 
And it, yeah, it, it, that's it, right. And the good the thing is, is it just shows Ignorance you how good of a coach, how good of a coach Dignall is. Mm-hmm. It, there's just a lot of things at play here. I agree. Silva, fact or fiction? Darius Baisley will start more games in the rest of for the rest of the season than come off the bench. He's earned his starting spot back. Fact or fiction? Fact, but I think he's only earned that spot back for this season. I don't think he's gonna carry that over over to next season. I think he's it's uh, hard to start him over Jabari Smith Jr. Exactly. He's all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think he's proven that he's he can be a really effective bench big or wing. Um, so uh, next season he's gonna be back in that role. This season, for better or worse, he'll be a starter. All right. I think he's earned it. I've been on Baisley's yeah. head all season long. I think he's earned it. He's played really well recently, especially defensively. Um, I like the energy he plays with. I like the hustle. Um, he's got a little bit of mother effort in him, and that's what this team needs. Trying to fight yeah. Mitchell Robinson the other night, that I loved awesome. it. I loved it. This team needs a little bit of that. He can provide some of it. Um, so good. Nick? You know I love you. You get all the Lou Dork questions tonight. Oh, God. <laughs> Lou will shoot over 36% from three on volume attempts for the rest of the season. When I say volume attempts, I mean his season average of eight attempts per game, which is kind of insane. <laughs> uh, from October to January, he shot 32.5% from three. Over the last 30 days, he's been shooting 36% from three. So I'm asking, fact or fiction, he will be better in this last stretch than he has been in this past month. So 36% just in the final 24 games. Yes. 36% or better in the last 24 games. Fiction. Okay. I, I mean, yeah, it's I certainly out of the question. Like it could happen, but I, he hadn't shown it sustainably in his career to this point. So it's mm-hmm. fair just to say no. Yeah. I feel like he's, I feel like he ends up shooting like 34, 35, which is good for him. Yeah. yeah, that's that's awesome. When you think about where he was when he came in the league, and, and you don't have to. Not everyone and on that in the league has to be a forty percent shooter. Like everyone always thinks of forty percent is like this threshold. Lou doesn't have to be an elite three point shooter to be a good player in this league. Yeah, he yep. can be thirty five and be just fine. Isn't it kind of crazy that he's at, even like the whole season with Shay, with Josh, with everyone? He's averaging eight threes a game this season. That's insane. Simmons got shots up. Simmons got to shoot the ball. In college, <laughs> yeah. he was in the college. He was the same way. He was not a good three point shooter and just fired away. Yeah. Huh. Hey, back to that irrational confidence, right? Hey, yeah. It's not irrationally basketball. Like, dude, basketball is such a confidence game. Like football. Yeah. You just like you bulk up as much as possible, and you try to know the playbook as much as possible. Where, where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be, where the play is supposed to be made. Basketball, it's all that, and confidence included. I mean, like in football, you just know I need to smash into this guy, and that's basically it. Especially if you are better than the other team, or maybe if you're like an underdog, you might want to thrash the guy even more. But basketball when it's just you and nine other players on the court that are being looked at by thousands of spectators just in the arena, not to mention the millions of viewers around, 
um, it can be debilitating. I mean, yeah. you saw what it did to Ferg. You saw what it That's did what I was about to, to say, Terrence Ferguson. You saw what it did to Ferg. You saw what it did to Andre Robertson at the free throw line and at the three ben point Simmons. line. You, yeah, you saw what it did to Ben Simmons. You saw what it did to Giannis at the very beginning of the True. NBA Finals with the free throws. I mean, yep. basketball is such a massive confidence game. Like, heck, even when we're playing pickup, sometimes if I have an open three, and I am not comfortable shooting it, I will just dribble drive and get my crap swatted just because like, I don't have have the confidence to like, I'm probably not going to make this three right now. So it's, it's confidence. Yeah. I love it. This team is definitely full of confident players. Taylor, you get the last thunder factor fiction before we'll do a handful of league wide and then get out of here. Taylor fact or fiction, the thunder starting center, for opening night of 2022-2023 is already on the roster. Ooh, I'm one fiction. Um, I'm not saying if the Thunder are going to draft a true center in this draft, but I think regardless uh, of what happens in this upcoming draft, that they'll find a different player to play that position. Um, so I'm going fiction. Okay. Any of you guys have a different opinion? Is JRE starting opening night next year? Sure, hope not. I hope not. <laughs> no, I, I agree with Taylor. I, I think that OKC, if they don't draft a center, they're going to pursue a center and maybe use a pick or two. That's kind of what I'm thinking too. Start to consolidate. Yeah, let Especially me tell you something. If you I like top top four this draft. Yeah, but one one center that I I don't want to say doesn't get talked about a lot, but a guy that um, I've done a whole like five Ch- minutes of research on Chet. that I like. <laughs> um, the guy from Duke. What's his name? Something Williams. Oh, uh, Mike Williams. I like, he, no, like he, it's Mark Williams or Mark uh, Williams. Close seven enough. foot, like two sixty. He can jump. Matter. He can block shots. At <laughs> seven foot eleven standing reach. Oh my! I'm into it, man. That is Cressy's lovely. He's, he's mocked to go like late teens right now. Yeah, like that's one that you that's can trade that that Phoenix pick plus something. This and jump up a little to, bit. And go get him. This man doesn't even have to bend over to tie his shoes. That's impressive. <laughs> Like he's a, uh, I like Kessler from uh, Auburn as well. He's interesting. Oh, I'm Not sorry. Maybe I'm, as a long holy cow! I'm sorry. It, that that was the wingspan. He's got a nine foot eight standing reach. Hey, you can almost oh, touch the rim just standing yeah. still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seven yeah. foot eleven standing reach. Seven eleven. Yeah, yeah. Wingspan. <laughs> His arms. <laughs> yeah. uh, he knows. Seven knows, foot he, eleven. He he's seven foot. What is he? Two sixty. I don't know how big he is, but when he stands up and he reaches up to touch the rim, he's only like three or four inches from touching it barefoot. Like if, if he, actually, put it this way. If he's on his tippy toes, he can hold onto the rim. Do you That's think they crazy. have to make like custom like toilets for people that massive? <laughs> like custom. It's custom, like poop and his knees are in his like, face. You like custom everything, right? Like even like, like the cars, you can figure that out. Like custom beds. All the athletes have to walk through, like True. Steven Adams. Like they don't, you don't want to be like walking through in like this archway right here. I don't have to walk through it and duck my head underneath because, like, on a great day, I'm five foot seven. But like <laughs> those dudes, like having that much of a wingspan and being that massive, they have to have like custom beds, custom couches, custom outfits, custom everything. Yeah, he's seven foot two hundred and forty two pounds. So he's wow. skinny. Yeah, he's he's pretty lean. He's yeah. fun though. All right, call me our fact or fiction. The Lakers missed the playoffs. This could be they don't get into the playoffs or they they lose in the play-in, but the Lakers missed the playoffs. Okay, so all right. I was I was about to ask the plan. Oh man. 
That's tough because got to keep in mind Anthony Davis's ankle. Uh, yeah, he just he, injured he looked it at the again. bottom of his foot the other day. Yeah, he he injured it again. I saw that tweet that was deleted about the guy that was worrying about that he had started to develop uh, some radiation poisoning from the amount of X-rays he's <laughs> I didn't had. See Holy crap! I didn't um, either. And uh, uh, man, I'm starting to get really concerned. Like at the end of the day, I I certainly think they make the play in. Um, but that team is just so poorly constructed. They should, <laughs> they should have traded for Buddy Heald instead of Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'll say they make the playoffs, but they're they're gonna get the gentleman sweep in the first round, whoever they play, especially with Chris Paul out six weeks. Yeah. Oh, no, see, I'm going. That one's coming up here pretty soon. So. Since you put doesn't mean the play-in in parentheses, I'm going fiction. I, I, they'll, they'll be in the play-in. They won't be in the playoffs. Yeah, well, that's what I meant. It, it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't mean they won't make the play-in. It means they oh, won't be okay, in a seven-game series. I think they make the playoffs, but they'll get they'll get the gentleman's sweep. They'll win one of those five, one of those games. Yeah. All right. I It'd really want a Lakers-Clippers yeah. play-in. They're just horrible. Yeah. Like I'm amazing. so befuddled how horrible they are. Yeah. I mean, we shouldn't be shocked, right? But at the same time, Anthony Davis and they have no means to make their team better. Do right. you think? Do you think with the way the Lakers have been performing, and I mean, we talked about this in Slack earlier. They basically sold off all their good players for that one title in the bubble that nobody got to experience, but them. Because uh, you see Alonzo kind of going off in Chicago. You see Ingram if, when he's healthy down in New Orleans playing well. You see Josh Hart playing pretty uh, pretty well. You see Julius Randle going off wherever he's at. Uh, they, they mortgaged their, their, their mortgaged. I didn't mean like Julius Randle, like wherever he's at, like in New York, but like. I thought you, you were slandering you, him. No, no. <laughs> um, but because uh, you guys know how much I love Julius Randle, uh, the you mean the Skinny one, Zion? The, no, because that would, <laughs> Better mean, Zion. that would that would mean Zion has to be talented first. Um, so <laughs> they mortgage their they, they mortgage yeah. their future for one title, which I understand as a fan, right? But oh my gosh, like you have to imagine that that roster construction is just horrifyingly yeah. awful. Um, I, I wonder if they've gone. ever flirted with the idea of trading AD. That's that's what that's what I was about to that's ask. Like, do you think do you think they have to trade AD and or just be like Braun, like homie, like well, it's been a good after run. Braun said this weekend, it's got to yeah. I think you got to start. You you got to start looking at some stuff. What is AD's and value at this? He's point? so calculated yeah. with his comments. LeBron knows exactly what he is. I doing think LeBron is very points. upset that they didn't make a trade, and so he's just trying to make Palinka feel as uncomfortable as yep. possible. Yep. Nick, factor fiction. We have a finals rematch this year. The same finals we had last year. Bucks, Suns. Now I want it's it to tough. be known that I wrote that question at about four p.m. today, <laughs> before the tweet came out. Uh, and TNT told us live that uh, Chris Paul has a broken thumb and will be out six to eight weeks. He'll be back for the for the playoffs. I think he'll be back right at the start of the playoffs. So and they have that. like a seven game lead. Yeah, they yeah, have a seven game lead yeah, over the like, Warriors. Like Taylor said, he played today. Um, if they weren't for like, I think he could be playing right now. Yeah, I think I think it's more of a precautionary, but yeah. Um, Still don't think we get a rematch. I think them Golden State Warriors are back. 
Oh, I think, okay. and I'm higher on him than anybody in this room right now. Higher than Mitch McGarry on it, right? <laughs> James Wiseman will make a difference for the Golden State Warriors if and when he comes back. Yeah, I was about to say if he comes back. That'd be fun. Just sheer, sheer freaking size. He's massive, dude. Mm-hmm. And and I know we like he gets made fun of on Twitter, like never plays, but like he was the number two pick for a damn reason. Like he is good. Well, shoot, like also if you have that size that you can just throw out there in the playoffs. I Give mean, that's 10 just minutes like guys loony fouls. Yeah, yeah right, right. right. Well, and so that'll be interesting to see if they trust him enough in the playoffs, knowing how Steve Kerr is with his rotation. I think it's I, Sun Sixers. Oh, I, think, I like it. See, I, I was going to say too. the other side is where I worry about it a little bit. I think it's I think well. it's Warriors Bulls. Warriors oh, Bulls. Wow. I, I think Bulls going to be healthy I, I would not yeah, I, still think in, so. I would not tune into that finals. Pat know. Williams is coming back, boys. <laughs> there, I, uh, I'm glad that nobody here took Brooklyn. Nah. My no, favorite Kyrie can't go anywhere. My favorite subplot of this season is Kyrie always saying Man, I just keep praying that something's going to happen that's going to allow me to play in New York. You know what could happen, Kyrie? Get the goddamn shot. That could happen. <laughs> Idiot. Can you imagine them going to a game seven and it's at Brooklyn and you just can't play? God, <laughs> dude, I would love to see lose. it. That would be the best. Well, speaking oh, of Kyrie and the Philadelphia 76ers, Silva, fact or fiction, Ben Simmons will play at least 10 games before the playoffs. This is a fun one. Uh, How fact, many games are left? Fact. I think he comes back. Shortly after the All Star break, and uh, plays most of them, plays and plays well. I think he fits that. so well with that this team. This man's he been too. training for the longest time; he just hasn't been playing. My mm-hmm. favorite thought is, what if he comes back and just starts ripping threes, and he <laughs> shoots like I think I think like he thirty <laughs> shoots like thirty three percent, but it doesn't matter. He takes, <laughs> He's like eighty percent for a game. He pulls Lou Dort and shoots eight a game. Yeah. There's no way he wasn't working on that. That would be yeah, there's yeah, no right. way. Hilarious. Right. I think he's such a good fit with Kevin Durant, man. Like he doesn't I have do. he doesn't have to do anything. He is basically, if he will buy in, he can be the way better version of Draymond Green. Yep. Yeah. Short roll, play in the pick and roll. Shit, I'd play him at center. And my yeah. dream scenario oh, is we get a Philly gosh. Brooklyn playoff series where they're starting Ben at center, and it's just Ben versus Joel for like five straight games. What's that starting lineup look like for the Nets? Yeah. You probably Seth got Curry. Don't yeah, don't Seth. don't don't count Kyrie because that man can't play at home. <laughs> so Seth and Patty, Patty Mills or Kyrie. Yeah, Patty, yeah. Okay. Uh, that's your backcourt. Then you got Kevin. You got Ben, and yep. then uh, Lamarcus. No, oh, no, I don't. Do they start Lamarcus? Oh no, he was uh, Andre Drummond. Now is it Bruce Brown Jr. Who's up there? Drummond Drummond might start in that situation. Yeah. Hey, I get regardless. I'd say start Ben at the five. Regardless, I don't like that lineup. If Kyrie ain't right, playing. Right, yeah. Kyrie ain't playing. They ain't it, Chief. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Shit, we don't even know if Kyrie's. Kyrie might retire this summer, dude. Kind of hope he does. Call me R. Factor yeah, fiction. That's my the name. Trailblazers make the play-in game. <laughs> they are currently tenth in the West. Um, give me just a second. I'll tell you how high up they are on number ten. High. We have to. We have to go. Uh... Like we have to make a rubric for highs. Like, are we talking like Snoop Dogg Snoop, at the start Snoop of the Snoop Super Bowl? Super Bowl yes. where he, where he, where where we're makes him where makes him vibe, but it's relatively low, and he can actually you know articulate himself. Or like Mitch McGarry 
on a unicycle with, a with with a snake high, you know. <laughs> Portland, Snoop, Portland Gary. is up or two games like on sober. San Antonio. San Antonio is the eleventh seed right now. Okay, they're up uh, also two games on the Pelicans, who are the 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 twelfth seed. So yep. San Antonio and the Pelicans are tied, um, and they're two and a half games behind the Lakers. So they're kind of on an island, two and a half games in either direction, with twenty four left. What a mess! And they're the in their ten. And they're number 10. And so it's 7, 10, 9, and 8, right? Mm-hmm. So they're they the last play-in team right now, and the Spurs, the Pelicans, and the Kings are on their tail. Yeah, they make the playing game. I think I think, I think they'll manage to do that. I don't know is, how, but I think... Isn't it interesting it. that the team that traded CJ is winning and the team that got CJ is losing? And CJ's balling. Yeah. He's a good... God, his comments this weekend... Ooh. I okay, haven't talked I was, uh, to Zion yet. I, I, I know about as much as you guys. When he's the president of the MBPA and yeah. now on Zion's team, that's and he said, yeah. I'm on the case. He's a, yeah, that ain't that ain't a good sign. Yeah, he, yeah, he was prodding them a little bit. Also, the Pelicans were like six and thirteen to start the season, and they're like basically five hundred cents. Then they added CJ. I uh, I didn't really realize that before they made the CJ trade. It's I think Griffin might know what he's doing. I felt Wait, like what were the comments? What were the comments that I missed? About oh, uh, CJ got interviewed. Um, yeah, he got interviewed by the inside T inside NBA guys, and basically said, yeah. "I haven't talked to Zion since I since I got traded to Portland. <laughs> uh, I know as much about what's going on with him as you guys do." Nice. I don't awesome. think Zion plays more any more basketball. I think that dude might be done. I I hate the comparison I, forever. NBA, but we're getting Greg close Oden. to Greg Oden, KD, yep. Zion Williamson, John Morant. Wait, like you forever? think you think Zion may never play basketball again? I think there's a chance. What? He'll come back. He's a 330-pound dude who's had two foot surgeries and hasn't been on a basketball court hey, and man. is currently not in his market, not rehabbing with his team. But and he will be back at some point to, to try it out. Do you yes. know what's really hard to but turn down? But his career might be done. You know what's really hard to turn down in the year 2022? Twinkies. <laughs> okay, Jacob. Jacob, let, let's Gumbo. let's. I, I want you to Jambalaya. double down on this statement. Okay, I'm just saying it's it's so similar to Greg. No, no, no. I, I agree, but if if you're Sam Presti, what's the most you give up for Zion? Oh shit, I'm not I'm not touching it right now. You wouldn't even give a first round pick. Remember when he was nope. at Duke well, and yes, man exploded out of his PGs that. because and the that's when of he was in shape. And that was that was when he was in better. No, he wasn't even in shape I then. Was he was just in better in shape. shape. <laughs> yeah, he was just in better shape. relatively. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, like if they said this man New Orleans exploded out right of those shoes and yep. said, "Oklahoma City, before the lottery even happens, give me your pick for Zion." No. No. If they say, give me one of those future Clippers unprotected picks, I'm probably saying no. I, I honestly, I don't know if the dude's ever going to play basketball again. I give, my, I, I give somebody Long a protected term. pick. I give okay. somebody a next it, pick. It, it, okay. it terrifies me. So, but a small market team has to take that grand slam swing. I agree. If you're I not agree. trading a future Clippers pick for a, give you Aaron it, for a guy that could come back and be a freaking generational talent. Yeah. His family already hates New Orleans anyways, so Only he's, not, he's, not discount, that much off. he's not gonna be playing that much. He needs to come to Oklahoma City and give half of his body to Poku. Imagine if <laughs> imagine if he gave Poku I think Zion and Poku on the same team would be fun. Give Our, give Zion's seventy of Zion's pounds to Poku and you got a great starting lineup. Together. Yeah, just like you have a have, generational player. Have Zion be <laughs> Poku, uh Poku's like nutrition. Weight advisor. trainer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, last factor fiction. I'm just going to throw this one out to the group. Factor fiction. Yes. 
Tibbs gets fired before the end of the Ooh. year. Yes. Fact. No, fiction. Fiction. Fact. I think it happens in the offseason. <laughs> oh, before I the season like, is over. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he 100% is not there yeah. next season. He's, um, his lineups are – he plays Taj Gibson like he's 26 <laughs> in his prime. He's giving uh, that guy 26, 28 minutes for over, over – Taj Gibson it's, is – You know who he like, should coach? Rack for he Tom should coach the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'd love that Lakers roster. A whole bunch of old folks. Yeah. Uh, all right, we've gone for an hour and 20 minutes. We should probably get out of here. Our fans are probably like trudging through yeah. the you end of the show. being so reactionary. <laughs> hey, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us tonight. The live stream was popping. We appreciate that. If you haven't yet, make sure you sub to our YouTube channel. We go live every Sunday night at 9 p.m. and after every single Thunder game. So come hang out, join the live stream. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, thanks for downloading. If you haven't yet, you should consider subscribing to wherever you get your pods from. Drop a five-star rating. Mean a lot to us. Screenshot that five-star. DM it to us. I'll send you some uncontested stickers. That's kind of cool. We will be back with you guys again Thursday night as the Thunder take on the Chris Paul-less Phoenix Suns in Oklahoma City. Maybe we'll see Shea Gilgis-Alexander, guys. Although I need the team to lose, I would like to watch Shea play some more basketball. So enjoy the start of your week. We will talk to you guys soon. Until then, and as always, Thunder Up! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.